What's up, New York Giant fans? Patricia Trainer here with you. And on today's Locked On Giants podcast, some more roster moves to talk about, including another retirement. Joe Judge gives a State of the Giants update following Tuesday's melee at practice. And we'll take a few of your questions here on today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast coming at you next. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, Giant fans, to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I am, of course, your host, Patricia Trena, and here to bring you all the latest on the New York Giants on today's show for August 5th, 2021. And a lot to talk about on the program. Let's jump right into it. We're going to start off with some roster transactions, get those out of the way. And guess what, folks? The Giants now have been in training camp now for about a week. They have their third retirement today. Newly signed offensive lineman Joe Looney, who signed with the team back on uh, Saturday, was with them Saturday, and he decided to retire. So Looney becomes the third member of the Giants to retire, joining Kelvin Benjamin and inside linebacker Todd Davis. Now with Looney, just to kind of give you a recap of what happened there, Looney decided that his body just wasn't responding to, you know, the rigors of training camp, getting ready for the NFL season. I think he was entering his 10th season and he just basically decided to call it quits So that said, I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, what about the penalty laps he was made to run? Because he was made to run penalty laps both on Monday and Tuesday, including those long wind sprints that the Giants had to run after their little skirmish that they had during Tuesday's practice. That did not have anything to do with it. I I am fairly confident that that is not the reason why Joe Looney decided to call it quits. He talked about, um, you know, that being no big deal. He spoke about that actually after practice had taken place on Tuesday. So that was not why Joe Looney was, has called it quits. He basically decided that his body just isn't holding up, not responding the way he wants to. And while he was looking forward to being a part of the Giants team, being reunited with Jason Garrett, the Giants offensive coordinator, and of course, you know, his head coach down in Dallas for five of the 10 years he's been in the league. Looney decided at the end of the day that he's just not going to hold the roster spot open uh, while he goes through the motions. He, he decided to give up his roster spot, call it a career, go back to his family, who I believe is down in Dallas, and just go on to whatever is next in his life. So Joe Looney, we hardly knew you. It was nice knowing you. He, he did speak to the media this week, seemed very outgoing, seemed like a good guy, but unfortunately... Um, this didn't work out for him. So as I mentioned, Looney is the third giant player to retire. Inside linebacker Todd Davis, who was signed last week, he also retired. And pretty much it was the same thing. He went back to his hotel room after working out with the team and just decided he didn't want to start all over again. And, you know, that doesn't mean that these players are just that they come in and they're disenchanted with the with the coaching or with Joe Judge's hard-nosed style. 
it takes a lot for these guys, especially these older guys, to get themselves ready for training camp. And I think if you ask any veteran who has been in the league for a number of years, he will tell you the same thing. He'll tell you that to get the body ready, especially during the rigors of training camp, it's just something that they, if they were given their druthers, they would do without. You know, you remember several years ago, Michael Strahan basically sat out an entire training camp while he was contemplating whether he would retire or not, only to show up. And Strahan came in and, you know, he had a pretty good year, as I recall, in 2007, his final year in the league. So a lot of guys, I think, have that mentality because training camp can get very long. It can get very monotonous. And there are just some guys that just don't want any part of it. And if they have their druthers, they would skip skip out of it and just, you know, wait to sign with the team. I know last year, Logan Ryan had that same situation where he waited out training camp, signed with the Giants, and he was pretty good for them as well. So uh, Joe Looney, good guy. He seemed like a good guy, but uh, no longer a Giant. Todd Davis, no longer a Giant. And of course, Kelvin Benjamin, the first of the three to retire, although Kelvin Benjamin's was a little bit more rocky in his departure given what happened with him and head coach Joe Judge. So three guys have retired from the New York Giants, and the Giants have replaced those guys, their roster spots at any rate. So they have replaced them with receiver Andy Jones and converted quarterback Tommy Stevens. Tommy Stevens now a tight end who was with the Saints originally. The Saints tried to convert him from quarterback to tight end, sort of like a Taysom Hill type of experiment. So anyway, that's those moves were made for depth purposes. And uh, speaking of roster moves and depth purposes, I, I need to mention uh, the, the word on Kenny Galladay, receiver Kenny Galladay. It was a hamstring that he tweaked. The injury is reportedly mild, so it is not expected to be a long-term affair. But with that said, hamstrings are tricky. And, you know, it's very unfortunate that it had to happen because Galladay and Daniel Jones were really working to build up uh, chemistry with each other. And now that that uh, process is going to be put on hold while Galladay heals up. You know, hamstrings, I don't have to tell you, they are very tricky. You don't want to rush a guy back from a hamstring strain. And the Giants will certainly be very, very careful with Kenny Galladay, in whom they, of course, invested a four-year, $72 million contract. And uh, they are counting on big things from Kenny Galladay this year. So they are going to be very careful in terms of bringing him back. No sense bringing him back now. They need him for September 12th. So uh, the hope is that he will be ready to go well before that and be able to get in some additional working reps with Daniel Jones because that chemistry between the two of them is so important and the Giants will be looking for that chemistry to really build up. All right, Giant fans, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about the state of the Giants following the big ruckus on Tuesday. Joe Judge, twenty-four hour, a little more than 24 hours after that whole ruckus, was a little calmer, spoke to the media, uh, talked about some of the things he shared with the team. So I have some audio clips for you from that. And also still to come here on the podcast, I have a few new questions that came in from listeners so I want to make sure I get those in as well here on the program. But first, folks, no matter what your 
you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com offers brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices and ships right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. Glad to have you with me as always. And I want to turn the focus of the show now to the state of the Giants following Tuesday's rather ugly incident on the field. Um, I think by now everybody knows that the Giants engaged in a, in a full-scale squirmish. I won't call it a brawl because to me a brawl would be there were punches, thrones, kicks, and all that stuff. And, and that isn't what happened. Um, it was just pretty much a lot of pushing and shoving and just guys piling on top of each other. But, you know, Joe Judge has obviously gotten somewhat of a reputation around the league for some of his old school style ways of accountability and discipline. And, you know, you kind of see that because every time a new player comes into camp, the media tends to ask, oh, have you ever had a run penalty lapse? Or have you ever had to, you know, do this or that? And, you know, penalty lapse in particular, you know, a lot of guys say no, you know, they haven't done it since peewee football or high school or sometimes even college. And this whole thing with Joe Judge kind of reminds me a lot of Tom Coughlin when he first came in. Now, I, of course, covered Coughlin from the beginning in 2004, right through to the to the end. And Joe Judge has a lot of Coughlin in him, but at the same time, he doesn't, you know, he's his own man. And what I mean by that is Judge knows what it takes to win. Obviously, having worked for Nick Saban and Bill Belichick in New England, he has an idea of how to build a winning program, what it takes to win. He also understands about accountability. And Joe Judge is the type of coach, I think, who he holds himself accountable. And if he can hold himself accountable, then certainly the players can be held accountable. And he makes a good point if you think about it when he says that, you know, mistakes that happen in a game, you just can't have them because they are going to end up costing you, making it more difficult to score. And if you go back and you think about all the games that the Giants just barely lost last year, there, there's about maybe three of them where they just barely lost and something happened, whether it be a mistake or a penalty or whatever the case might be, that changed the course of the game. So you eliminate those mistakes and the, the outcome of the game turns out differently. And hey, guess what? The Giants probably end up winning the NFC East. And I think that's a lesson that a lot of people, when they talk about what Joe Judge is doing, they don't really go back and look at that. And I wanted to mention that because, look, there have been coaches that have come in here and have created a country club atmosphere. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily badmouth coaches from the past, but to give you an example, Pat Shermer, um, when he came in for his uh, second season, um, I was horrified when I saw the locker room and how the locker room had been rearranged with, you know, couches in the middle of the of the room and table games and all stuff. And, and I thought to myself at the time, my goodness, this man is creating a country club atmosphere. And... You know, coaches will tell you that they believe in accountability, that, you know, 
they discipline, all that stuff. But the difference between Joe Judge and some of these other coaches is that Judge doesn't just talk a good game. He he walks the walk, all right? And these other coaches don't necessarily walk that walk. So I haven't been in the Giants locker room since really uh, the Shermer era ended. But what I can tell you is I would be willing to bet anything that there are no couches in the middle of the locker room. The table and board games that you know you could find at just about any corner are gone. I would not be surprised if, if Joe Judge turned that locker room back into uh, a workplace, which is how Tom Coughlin kept it. You know, Tom Coughlin had rules about you couldn't play games there, you couldn't bring food in there to eat. You know, it was considered your office. And everything had its place and everything had a place for everything. So, you know, having not been in the locker room since really the end of the 2019 season, because of, you know, COVID basically shutting down media access, I'm pretty sure that I can safely say that Joe Judge eliminated all that. And really, at the end of the day, what is so wrong with Judge expecting guys to be accountable? Seriously, I mean, you know, some national talking heads will say, oh, Joe Judge, you know, wh- who does he think he is? He's a dictator. He doesn't get it. I mean, I can't believe we're still having these conversations. You know, I, I get it. Okay, the Giants 6-10 and 10 is not a record to brag about. But at any point last year, did Joe Judge lose the team? I don't think he did. All right. And, you know, I, I don't think it's so wrong to ask your the people that are reporting to you to be accountable. You know, we all have jobs. You know, I have a job. And if I'm not producing my job, my editor has every right in the world to get on my butt about it. All right. Um, if my podcasts aren't done on a daily basis, you don't think I'm not going to hear from from my bosses? I, I, I sure am. You know, so I really don't see why this is an issue still with some people, you know, why people say, oh, Joe Judge, what's he doing? Why is he, you know, throwing his weight around and, and just trying to make guys' lives miserable? That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is he's trying to build accountability. He's trying to build discipline to teach these guys that, hey, if you get into a fight on the field, guess what? You're going to get thrown out of the game. You're going to get penalty yards that are going to work against us. You're going to make it harder for us to win. Is that such a bad lesson to stress? I mean, especially when you consider some guys, you know, you could you could talk until you're blue in the face and some guys just don't get it. But when you start taking action, you know, the old saying, action speaks louder than words. That's what Joe Judge is doing. And I, for one, don't have a problem with it. I applaud him for what he's doing. I really do. And I'm going to play you a clip from Joe's press conference or or video conference, I should say, from Wednesday when he was asked about, you know, how do you deal with the people who basically instigated the whole thing? And I thought his answer was pretty good. So let me play that for you right now. To be honest with you, my message to the team is the reason it happened is insignificant. The result of what happened is what the consequence is going to be. And we can't have that. We can't coach that. Again, listen, they're in pads for the first day. So there's obviously an elevated intensity, urgency, chippiness, but that can't carry over and having penalties and issues like that on the field. One thing I'll say is our offense and defense have been competing very hard now for over a week against each other. 
Um, this time of training camp, guys do get a little bit chippy with each other, but I'd say that stays on the field. When all of our players walked off the field yesterday, we had no issues carrying over in the locker room. There are issues in the cafeteria, the training room, anywhere else. You know, our guys are in here and, you know, I wouldn't say we're laughing off the situation, but they understand that we're all one team and we can't do that to each other. And the most important part of that lesson we have to learn is ultimately we have to eliminate bad football. Penalties are bad football. The lesson has to be we're not doing anything that's going to set our team in a position to be penalized. Okay. Again, what's wrong with that approach? I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know if you guys and gals do, but, you know, now that all said, I can understand the point that, you know, at some point, Joe Judge does need to turn it around and build a winning program. And we don't know if the Giants are going to have a winning record this year. I think they, they're optimistic that they will. And, you know, we'll say this much about it. They're doing everything in their power to make sure that they're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's to have a winning program. And we'll see if it ends up, you know, with a winning program and and reaching their goal of making the playoffs. But um, I can see some of the concern that, okay, if, if the Giants have another yicky season record-wise, then it's not going to fly. But right now, I think you've got to give Joe Judge the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I'm not saying he has all the answers or he does everything 100% to where I agree with everything. I think I've made it clear in the past that the one thing I don't agree with goes back to last year when he put Daniel Jones out there after an injury. In this regard, with building discipline and trying to teach these guys about accountability, I'm behind him 100%. And I really like Sterling Shepard's response to a question about that. And I'm going to play you that clip as well to end this segment, because I really thought that that clip says it all. It's kind of uh, the standard that we've set here in this building and as a team. And I think guys have bought in um, and know what to expect whenever you step on the field and when you're playing under a guy like Coach Judge. Um, if you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here, and everybody is uh, standing by that. All right, Giant fans, still to come, some new Twitter questions and email questions received. I'm going to put them into this segment rather than wait for a Twitter Tuesday. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs for by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. And in this segment, I'm going to answer a few of your questions. Um, Normally, I would wait to Twitter Tuesday or Twitter Thursday, but a few questions came in and I want to make sure that I get to them because uh, they're all very valid questions and good questions. But first, I want to send a shout out to Manny J, who is a fan of the podcast and uh, who has been a Giant fan since 1980. Manny's going through some health issues right now and Manny... I wish you all the best with that. Um, I'll be thinking of you, certainly saying prayers for you that, that you, uh, find, you know, what you need for your, for your health and that you make a complete recovery and, um, fingers crossed for you, my friend. Stay in touch and let me know how you're doing, please. That's some, you know, I always like to hear how, how, uh, listeners and readers are doing. So, all right. Let's get to the questions 
And John G has a bunch of questions for me. So let's, uh, let's see what he has. David Sills is the topic. Wide receiver David Sills. Um, would you categorize Sills as a possession receiver? Can he play the slot? What are his strengths and weaknesses? And what NFL receiver does he remind you of, if any? All right, John, I try not to compare guys to other guys. I, I don't think that is doing them any favors. What I will say is the if if you're looking for a close comparison, Sills to me is a tall X type of a receiver. I don't want to say he's in the same category as a Kenny Galladay because Kenny Galladay is obviously a an elite talent, whereas David Sills has been around for three years and we're still learning more and more about him. Um, special teams, I don't know what he brings to special teams. I do know that if he does make that roster as the fifth receiver or the sixth receiver, depending on how many they keep, he's going to have to step up and deliver on special teams. That's that's a given. Um, so still a little too premature to, to comment on that, I think, because I would like to see more from him and see what he brings to the table. But certainly he has looked good in camp. He has been very promising looking, caught everything that has been thrown his way, which is certainly going to help his case. But, you know, right now, John, I'm I'm going to be honest with you, it's still kind of early. I do want to see what he does when we get to um, to the scrimmage game. That That's going to be something I'm really looking forward to because you're going to see more game type scenarios, I think, and more opportunities um, beyond the 11 on 11 and seven on seven to really gauge what a guy can potentially bring to the table. So I'll have more on, on Sills, obviously. And I know some of you, by the way, have also kept, have asked me about Kyle Murphy and I haven't forgotten about Kyle Murphy either. Um, just need to see a little bit more before I can come up with a, an informed opinion on those guys. But John, just in getting back to David Sills, I think right now, He's probably projected uh, as a as a practice squad guy, but again, let's see what happens because you know injuries happen, uh, surprises happen. Right now, it's too early to make any kind of uh, you know projection. I think as to whether or not Sills is definitely going to be a practice squad guy, which I think you know right now I would say probably is, but still, it's not. It's it's too early, so. Stay tuned, John. I'll uh, hopefully have some more information for you next week after the uh, scrimmage and after a few more practices are in. So thanks for the questions, as always. Okay, another question that came in is from Anthony M., who is a new listener. Hey, thank you, Anthony, so much for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. Appreciate you and appreciate the email that you sent. And um, you asked about Julian Love and how do I see his role changing this year and his future in New York? And uh, yet he isn't necessarily a starter in the base defense. Do I see the role expanding or changing in the future? Anthony, the thing with starters, you know, on this football team, or I, any football team for that matter, don't get caught up on who's starting and who isn't. Because the team might open in one 
package, like let's say they open in their base defense and then they see that the opponent is passing against them and they run nickel for the rest of the te- you know, the rest of the game. And then the guys that were in the base package, but not in the nickel package, they're no longer on the field as much. So I think fans tend to get a little, you know, caught up on who's starting, who's not starting. And that's really not the way to go. Julian Love is a versatile player. Um, he can play free safety, strong safety. He can play down in the slot. I, I'm not so sure he's he's a star linebacker type. I don't think he has this, the uh, size. Um, he can play a little bit on the outside corner. He's a guy who I guess you can best describe as a classic tweener. He doesn't quite have all the ideal uh, characteristics, if you will, for a cornerback. So they're trying him in safety. And one of the things he he lacks, I think, to play outside cornerback on a full-time basis is ideal speed. That said, Julian Love is a smart player. He is a versatile player. He is a guy who I think does have a future on this team. So he's three years into his rookie deal. I think he has one more after this year. So I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest with you. I think, you know, that type of player, you're always going to find a role for him. And I think he also contributes on special teams, which is certainly going to help his uh, his case. So I don't think you have to worry about Julian Love going anywhere anytime soon. You're right. He does seem to be a player that Joe Judge really likes, that Patrick Graham likes. And, you know, he just has, um, you know, he, he's a good player. I think he's very, very, very underrated in that defense and just the type of guy that, you know, you'll, I think you'll miss when he's not out there. So um, hope that answers your question. Thank you, as always, for writing in and, of course, for finding the podcast and becoming part of the family. Can't wait to uh, see you guys when I finally move the show or expand the show, I should say, to video. I'm working my way up towards that. And hopefully by next week, I'll be on YouTube in addition to here on uh, Odyssey and iTunes, Google Play and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Make sure you catch us tomorrow with an all new episode. Until then, have a great one.